In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. And so when we talk of moderation, we are talking about anything that you do not have the ability to say no to. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and as you heard, I'm here with my brother from another mother, Dale Culver. Oh, somebody told me they hate it when I, I say that. I was just going to say, you were already told you're not supposed to say that anymore. You have to be more original. <laughs> that was so vanilla. Oh, But hey, yeah, I'm doing well since you. you're going to ask. Yeah, you're doing... <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what, I just... I don't know, man. It's been really interesting lately. I've been so bored. <laughs> I've just had got nothing going, going on. on. Uh, <laughs> taking a lot of naps, getting yeah. 12 hours of sleep at night, and yeah. a two-hour nap in the day, and... Yeah. If you guys know any uh, Netflix episodes I can binge watch, I mean, just life is boring and slow, man. Sitting in the office here. just I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> you wish. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, hey, <laughs> uh, I do want to throw something out there. We got a lot of stuff going on right now between uh, being a chaplain for a, a football team here, a university here locally, and, and uh, we have uh, Tell Them. I don't know if you even know this, Dale. So October 1st, which is going to come up real quick, we are uploading a free resource. Our digital marketing person, uh, Caitlin, who wishes to remain obscure, I won't say her last name, has helped me put this together. It's outstanding. It's 200 things a fa- great fathers tell their kids. And it comes with a reflection and meditations. And each, each of these 200 things has a daily reflection and meditation. My sons have all contributed to the book. My dad contributed. Hmm. My wife. Cool. Like they, they shared stories about me as a father, husband, and son, and it's just a great resource. It's really, uh, and it's free. We wanted to offer a free resource that's high quality. A lot of times guys go, come get my free book, and it's 20 pages of nothing. Yeah. It's nonsense. This is a substantial, We, I mean, this is so good, we may turn it into a desk calendar. <laughs> and oh. then the other thing is Guts and Manhood. Uh, we offered that as a free download, but we realized it was so wildly popular with the guys. Guys were printing the books off. And I don't even have a printed copy, so we decided we're gonna we're gonna get that book published. We're gonna release that in January, 
We're not going to promote it. We're not going to do a lot of marketing. We just want to get that book out there because we just think it's an amazing book for men who really want to understand and grow in their courage and realize that courage is is four things, man. It's a call to action. It's a personal choice. It's a sign of strength, and it's a character trait over time. And then uh, finally in June, we're going to release The Full Capacity Man, which of course is what we're doing here. But the thing that I'm really, really pumped about right now is we are getting ready to launch five, five in the fall, five virtual teams with men all around the country. We have five teams, and we have team national team captains from the Eastern Time Zone, Central, Mountain, and Pacific. And we've got all those spots are almost already full. We only have spots for 100 guys, and I think we're 95% full. But guys, listen, if you want to get on a team, I, I mean, it's so important. More than reading one of my books, more than listening to the podcast, more than anything, you need to be involved in some kind of team or group of brothers that will lift you up. And And we're really excited about this. We have some hand-picked guys from all over the country. Dale, you're uh, one of those guys. And hand-picked. I am really excited about this. Do you have any thoughts or anything you want to say? Yeah, I'm excited because I'm seeing names I've never seen before mm-hmm. all over the place that are now in my Telegram group because we throw those guys in that, and that's how we communicate throughout the week and stuff. But I got some new faces and names, and and I'm pumped to get to know some new guys. I'm well, tired that's of what, my old friends. And see, guys are same saying, old, same old. yeah, same. And guys are, yeah, exactly. <laughs> these boring friends. So guys are saying, well, this virtual thing, I'm not really into it. You know what, bro? Listen, I found through this COVID event that my virtual teams had as much or more power than my face-to-face teams, and I'll tell you why. That Telegram thread. These guys never stop talking. They build a bond that is so strong. I've had guys travel across the country to see other guys. Oh, yeah. That happens very common. Yeah. And so, guys, listen, if you're, and it's a great way if you're a shy guy, you can be involved in a group that lifts you up and you don't have to be face to face with strangers. I mean, I think you're really going to appreciate what we've done here. And uh, you can, we're actually going through. Uh, my book, The Trailhead. We've had those repurposed, uh, new covers, new new size book. They're beautiful. So, uh, and you guys can check those out at the website if you want to look and see how pretty they are. They are pretty. <laughs> anyway, so guys, get on that. So, I want to jump into the meat of the podcast today, guys. And so, this is the fifth of the twenty character qualities of the full capacity man that's going to be in the book, uh, released in June. And this is the moderate man. In other words, everything in moderation. You know, it's really funny, Dale. So in Titus chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, Paul said, The overseer must not be addicted to wine, but sober-minded. And then in 1 Timothy 3, 2 and 3, The overseer then must be prudent, not addicted to wine. You know, St. Augustine said this, Complete abstinence is easier than perfect moderation. And so when we wrote this chapter, when Paul was speaking uh, to Timothy and to Titus, he was actually addressing alcohol. But 2,000 years later, we have so many other addictive substances. We just have to address what Paul's original meaning actually was. And so when we talk of moderation, we are talking about anything that you do not have the ability to say no to. That is a problem. We're not talking about pornography, because that is wrong all the time. We're talking about things that you can uh, ingest into your body that 
may or may not be healthy, may or may not be good or bad for you, but it's the moderation uh, of those that really matters. And it's really interesting. I had a fun conversation with a a young 20-something man about marijuana. In Oregon, it's legal. In fact, we have seven dispensaries all around town. I, you know, I don't know, seven. It just feels like they're everywhere. We have more dispensaries and we have gas stations. Or liquor stores. Yeah, or liquor stores. <laughs> and I had this guy say, say to me, hey, um, I'm a Christian and I'm a, I smoke marijuana. And I said, well, okay, we won't get into that part of it. And they said, well, marijuana now is legal. So it's okay for me to smoke marijuana, right? And I said, well, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think I'm going to go home, and I've been talking to your mom, and I think I'm going to go have sex with your mom. And this guy erupted, you can't have sex with my mom, you're married. And he just went off on me. And he's like, you can't, and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. In Oregon, now not all the states are legal. In Oregon, it's legal to commit adultery. Some states it's not. But in Oregon, it's legal to commit adultery. So why can't I commit adultery with your mom? It's totally legal. He looked at me. I had him. (laughs) (laughs) I said, here's the deal, buddy. It's different. I said, here's the deal. It's legal, but it's not right. Just because something's legal doesn't make it right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so what I want to ask you guys today is what's your why? What is the why behind drinking alcohol? What is your why behind this ability, this reason that you think you have to smoke marijuana? What is your why behind caffeine? Uh, now nah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> what is your why behind food? You know, what is your why behind cigarettes or chewing tobacco? So anything, I believe what Paul is talking about here is anything that we ingest into our bodies. This is the context that will create um, a lesser version of ourselves. So when we look at this phrase that Paul uses, not addicted to wine, or in the NIV it says not given to drunkenness, my book is written from the New American Standard Bible perspective. So whenever I quote another Bible source, I will tell you. So in the NIV it actually says not given to drunkenness. In the New Living Translation, which is the one-year Bible, it says, not a heavy drinker. In the English Standard Version, it says, not a drunkard. So the word that we see here is the word paranoios. Doesn't that sound like a word we use? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound like a paranoid? Just a little I, bit. I th- you know, altered, kind of a little little altered mentally, just a little bit off, you know what I mean? So it, this word literally is para, which means to come alongside, and oinos, which means wine. So it literally means by wine or besides wine, not B-Y, B-U-Y. <laughs> Somebody's going, wait, it's telling me to go buy some wine? No, it's not telling you that. So both times this word is used in the Bible, it's only used twice in Titus and First Timothy. Both times it's used in the Bible, it's paired with a Greek word, nephalios, which can be translated sober, watchful, or temperate. We're actually going to talk about that word at next week's Equipping Podcast. We've lumped these together because they all, there's four of these 20, Dale, it's really interesting, four of the 20 qualifications are negatively attached to alcohol. 
So alcohol was a problem with a lot of believers back then, and substance abuse is a problem with a lot of believers today. So listen to, the, listen to what William Barclay writes, Dale. He says this, The interesting thing is the double meaning that both of these words, paranoios and nephalios, possess. Nephalios means sober, but can also mean watchful or vigilant. Paranoios means addicted to wine, but it can also mean quarrelsome or violent. The point is that each of the pastoral epistles use the word here uh, for Christians, telling them that they must allow themselves no indulgence, which would lessen their Christian vigilance or tarnish their Christian conduct. In other words, Dale, it isn't the substance that does the damage, it is the effects of the overuse of a particular substance, whether that is, and here's where I'm going to hit where it hurts, coffee, (laughs) processed foods, which means hydrogenated oils, high fructose corn syrups, that types of thing, tobacco, cigarettes, chewing tobacco, marijuana, alcohol, and drugs. When we lose the ability to be watchful and vigilant, whether that be uh, the gluttonous post-Thanksgiving nap, the New Year's Eve celebration hangover, the grumpy until you have your morning cup of joe, or stressed out because you haven't uh, had a hit off your bong, this is a problem. And so, so you may say to me, okay, so how do I know if I have a problem, right? How do I know I have a problem? And so there are, you know, this is a hard chapter to write, Dale, because I am not a teetotaler, so I will have an occasional drink. Uh, I just, I, if I have my drink, I will have one, I just like one shot of whiskey, or not whiskey, tequila, on the rocks, and I'm done, I mean, one and done, baby, one and done. I'm a 250-pound man, and once in a month when I drink, uh, if I have a drink, it's an if, it's not a win, I'll have tequila. That you know, because I feel like dietarily speaking, it has lower calories and that type of thing. So I'm one and done. Why do you think I'm one and done? So you don't go blowing it. Because after the end of that first drink, I feel something. Now, some mm-hmm. of you listen may be like, "Hey, that's wrong." I'm just being really honest. I'm a one and done guy. Mm-hmm. You and, are, and, and that's the way it is for me. Yep. Well, so I'm not a teetotaler. I'm not coming at this saying I don't ever drink, and if you do, you're going to hell. That type of thing. So I'm coming at it from perspective of a guy who's really trying to be moderate about my perspective here. So this is a hard chapter to write because you have some people that are overindulgers, you have other people that are teetotalers, and then you have people in the middle who may not uh, overindulge here, but they overindulge here, right? So here is how you know if you have a problem with moderation. Here's the first one. Guys, listen. Has anyone who cares about you ever told you you have a problem with food, with chewing tobacco, with coffee, with alcohol. Has anyone who loves you, who wants you to win, ever told you you have a problem? If anyone has ever told you you have a problem, guy, listen, you might have a problem. And you can't hold your standard to the standard of the world. You have to hold your standard to the Bible's standard. Forget everybody around you. People who love you, who love the Word of God more than you, when they come to you and tell you you have a problem, you have to listen. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, because, right, if I want you to win, I will tell you if you have a problem. If I want, 
if they want me to win, I'm hoping and begging them to tell me, right? I mean, that's that's part of what happens when we love people. Okay, number two, do you have the ability to say no to a certain thing? You put a box or a, a bag of kettle chips in front of me, <laughs> I will lose my salvation. I mean, I'm, it's game on. I have chosen to abstain from foods by keeping them out of my house because I realize that food is a problem. Now, I'm really excited because I've shared this before. Uh, I was prescribed 2,400 milligrams of ibuprofen my senior year of college for football for three and a half months. It damaged my kidneys. So the last couple months, I've been vigilant on my diet. I've dropped 15 pounds. Uh, My kidney disease has gone back from stage three to stage two. There's five stages, so I'm good. Uh, they took me off one blood pressure med, you know, because kidneys are what cause hypertension, not your heart. Your nephrologist is a kidney hypertension doctor. Anyway, long story short. <laughs> and then, and my blood, my oxygen level is 96%. And so this is really good. And my GFR, which is the how my kidneys function, is higher. So I'm now stage two, and it's all diet related now. So, but I realize that with food, food is the only thing in my life that I struggle to say no to. As far as ingesting, I don't have a problem with tobacco, marijuana, chewing tobacco, alcohol, none of these things, but food is a killer. Mm-hmm. Food is a killer. And so I have to be vigilant. And, and here's the deal, bro. When I overeat, I get lethargic. I get grumpy. My face swells up. I mean, I have negative effects like that hinder my ability to be passionately vigilant for Jesus. So I've got to fix that, right? Okay. Right. Number three, have you built a tolerance to any substance? So this is a a big deal with alcohol, right? Guys will ask me all the time, well, what is your thought on alcohol? And I would say, I have these 135-pound guys, 150-pound guys going, yeah, I can drink four four beers a night. It doesn't affect me at all. I go, oh, that's because you're an alcoholic. What? It's only four beers. I go, hold on. I I can't even drink a beer. I'm not. I don't drink a lot of beer because it's too blo- it, dietary. It's not good for the diet. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't even drink a beer without feeling it. But how can you say you can drink four and not feel it, and not be an alcoholic? I mean, if you have a tolerance to c- cigarette, I don't know how it works with tobacco. If you can build a tolerance, I don't even know. But if you can build a tolerance to something, you've got a problem. You know, it's really funny. You may say, well, that's not doesn't factor in for food. Oh, really? My stomach. The actual stomach will expand because of my eating. Mm-hmm. And I can tolerate more food because my actual gut, my stomach, can hold more food. That's why people get gastro bypass surgery, mm-hmm. because their stomach yep. sw- shrinks back down because they cut part of the stomach. And so this is really important. If I mean, and so I would say uh, I probably have still too much of a tolerance for food. So I need to cut that down, right? I mean, I'm I'm painting this picture of this guy who's. I mean, I, I'm going to do 20 pull-ups here in the next couple months. I did. I mean, I, I worked out four times already, and it's only Thursday. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a, a in shape dude, but what I'm saying is the diet could be my demise. Right. Number right. four is this: y- your lack of moderation is it affecting your mind, body, or Christian witness negatively? So is it so when you are chewing? or smoking, or drinking, or eating, is it negatively affecting your mind, body, or Christian witness? 
I have a dear friend, uh, this person, my wife and I love this gal. Um, she's been in our life for many, many years, and she's a wonderful Christian woman. But man, when when she she drinks, she just it's bad, and, you know. And she's this is like a thing that's been going back twenty years for her. And we're like, you know, we we love you, but this hurts your Christian witness when you do this because you mm-hmm. lose your filters, and so. You have to look at that and and ask your spouse, ask your wife, ask your, for you wives listening, ask your husbands. This is really important. And I will end this, and I end this chapter on this, and I want to talk about the acceptable sin. And I've been hinting around this a lot, but Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, and I pray this over myself all the time, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. And guys, I got to speak very frankly from the heart that in the church of God, in America, obesity is the acceptable sin. We don't seem to care if you are fat. And now we're using things like, well, don't fat shame me. And I mean, I'm like, dude, I want to be fat shamed. I mean, it motivates me. I mean, seriously, when my wife looks at me and goes, Oh, your butt is sagging. Or, oh, uh, can you turn to the side? Oh, uh. I mean, I want people to tell me that. So, but we in the church have gotten so soft, we have accepted this sin in our in our churches, and we don't see, we have Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous and Teen Challenge and Celebrate Recovery. What do we have for the fat people? I mean, we need to focus on this, people. This is really important because when I walk in a room and I can't see my toes, I need help. So that's what, and and that's my chip on my shoulder because that's the one thing I struggle with the most. So guys, I hope that helped you get some perspective on what it looks like to be a moderate man. And guys, remember the words of St. Augustine. He hit it so well. In three, he lived at 354 to 430 AD. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, complete abstinence is easier than perfect moderation. But God has called us to be moderate anyway. So Dale, what's up next, man? Drive us home. Yeah, guys, why don't you head on over to meninarena.org and join our program and get involved and invest in becoming your best version. We've got a ton of resources there to help you. So until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's 
from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.